0: The Midas Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Brown. Welcome back to another episode of The Midas Touches. We are back after a small hiatus. <laughs> did we do it last week? Yeah, we did it last week. I thought you were at Darren Brown last week. Nope. Okay. Two we two. are <laughs> we're back after uh, you know, the a normal week. time. Yeah. The normal amount of time, yeah. But it's good to be back. It's it's better than ever as we are looking forward to one of my favorite weekends of racing really? I feel like I say that every week yeah. the uh, the Betfair Hurdle this weekend this weekend I'm
1: genuinely surprised <laughs> <laughs> really well like it's, it's good racing the Betfair Hurdle is actually a good race and it's <laughs> relatively competitive though uh Ground concerns have meant that maybe we didn't get the field size we usually get for some of these races. But um, yeah, I might be a bit
0: surprised that this is your favourite weekend. Of I'm year. a salesman for racing. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to grow the sport amongst those who don't already watch it. Um, it's 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 going to be a cracker, regardless of the fact that Charlie's not that excited. <laughs> um, looking back at last week, we've had some uh, big news in the racing regarding dress codes
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what are your feelings i i was kind of like in two minds when uh when i when it came to this because i always think that people like quite like dressing up for racing and you know it tends to be that there are places that you can go more casually so I, I i didn't really think it was necessary um but you know i guess if you want to go and wear shorts and t-shirt to the guineas and go to the premier enclosure then yeah it's fine i mean i'm not gonna say sorry i'm not gonna be annoyed by that anyway but yeah. yeah
1: no i mean i can't agree um for the most part i think i've always been a bit of an advocate for for like declassifying horse racing i think like what they do over in ireland where there's no sort of segregation of crowds uh, is a sensible approach i really don't understand why you need to have premier enclosure versus um you know whatever like Queen Anne or whatever the, the sort of differentiators are I don't think that's really necessary and some would argue that it's for so that you can you can offer cheaper tickets uh, to people which is I do get that point but I don't know I think we should be making this sport as inclusive as possible and one of the ways in which we do that is um by making sure we don't have sort of arcane dress codes <laughs> attached to the sport um it's not necessary to wear a suit to the races i mean it is quite nice i do agree like i personally like wearing one and it's quite fun dressing up and it's nice to you know people looking smart and stuff but doesn't mean everyone enjoys doing that and some people may even find it a barrier to to go into racing so if that is the case then definitely we should be um dropping these dress codes because it's not what the sport's like built around is it
0: no <laughs> it doesn't really matter if we lose De- this definitely not and like, t- to be honest, I don't think it's going to change that much, but it's just nice they've changed the legislation.
1: Yeah, you have the option now, right where, whereas before you were forced to do something.
0: Yeah. So it's, that's great, I think. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not so great for England in the Six Nations, who were beaten by the Scots for the third time in four years uh, in the Calcutta Cup. Scotland have now held the Calcutta Cup for five out of the last six, I think was the stat I read. Really, really difficult start to um, Steve Borthwick's managerial career. Where do you think England go from here? Italy this weekend. (laughs) I think could could the unthinkable happen? Yeah, I think they
1: go back to to Twickenham to play Italy. (laughs) Is where they're going. But... um, I don't know. I, like, obviously, it could be beaten by Italy. Italy actually played quite well against France um, at uh, last weekend, and like, I don't know. I it could it could definitely happen. Yeah, like, of course it could. I I I really I know England have a good record against Italy, but I could see them losing. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I think Borfitt's gonna have a tough start to his reign if he if he continues to sort of, you know, do do what he's doing at the moment. I don't think. He's necessarily had the best start. Well, I mean that's obvious. He just lost to Scotland. Not Scotland are good these days. Actually, shouldn't be a given that England beats Scotland these days. But um, yeah, he's he's got to have a bit of a rethink about his approach. I reckon.
0: Yeah, it it definitely feels that everything he's trying to do is he's just trying to make it clear that he's not Eddie Jones, um, and I think the doing that is he's got to pave his own path. Really and uh, he's not had a great start Mm. Ireland on the other hand were very strong against Wales Uh, France just sneaked by Italy but it was a great game over in Rome I'm sure France will move on from there um, like us moving on from the Six Nations looking forward to a big weekend of sport uh, when it comes to the rugby but not our direct focus definitely not Uh, however the racing last weekend was fantastic. The Dublin racing festival, another Willie Mullins field day as he picked up eight winners from 14 races. Uh, I mean, and it also wasn't his short price winners that were, uh, crossing the finishing line in front. Lottie Smith, blue Lord, <laughs> Fasal Vega, all beaten at short odds. Uh, it was interesting as well because we kind of said at the end of the show last week we were armoring and ah as to whether the short price favourites were going to win and I think we sided with the fact that they were. And mm. What what was your highlight of the weekend and, and which favourite were you most surprised got beat?
1: Well, it's got, uh, and, and this would sound obvious because he was one to four on the day, but Blue Lord getting beat for me was the most surprising. And I said um, on the podcast last week that I was a bit of a doubter of this horse until until his his last run, um, and at which point that that race against Shakan, I thought actually this 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 thing's quite good, and uh, yeah, so I was definitely surprised to see him um, turned over. I guess Fasalveg is another one, though. <laughs> um, there was a lot said about the ride given to that horse, um, and actually, you. Um, did tip a horse in that race that that, that did run quite well yeah um, it won yeah elted Tom so we actually covered ourselves on that one I think um you found the angle there um but yeah it was definitely blue lord that i was I was surprised about so yeah, yeah. i mean look, Mullins Mullins had a great weekend again he won like the last four races on
0: the Sunday. like it was just carnage he he was just firing them in Yeah, and and, and the big talking point coming out of it seems to be surrounding the champion hurdle. Clearly, Honeysuckle didn't win and now is being aimed at the mayor's hurdle. Uh, Stateman, do you really think is any competition to Constitution Hill? I mean, Stateman's clearly good,
1: but I, I can't see... Uh, i don't know like i i i I think constitution hill is better state man's definitely good and actually i mean it's so tricky because you just don't want to you don't like we said last week you run scared of willie mullins like i genuinely would even in that scenario i'd be like this guy he's too clever you know i i know nicky knows what he's doing but like mullins is just different gravy when it comes to training and like he is such a brilliant operator that you could actually see him taking stateman there in a in a in a shape that could take on constitution hill yeah yeah interesting.
0: it's it's interesting, and I think stateman definitely showed a different side to his running last time kind of leading the way and and having the all all the uh, rest of the field in trouble about three three out. Yeah
1: i also sorry my favorite moment was obviously adamantly chosen placing a 40 to
0: 1 which i was quite happy about yeah that was huge that was huge i get that i was happy yeah 40 to 1 when you're looking for the top two is very nice so well done for that uh bad news for ronan Mcnally, who has been a band for 12 years for what
1: uh, laying horses, I think, yeah. which is the general the gist of the story. Nice. He's basically making sure that his horse is lost. Um, why well, is an putting easy... large sums of money on it? It's an easy way to make money, I guess <laughs> <laughs> that is, but it's incredibly <laughs> illegal. And uh, they've made an example of him, but he, he they've really thrown the book at him. And uh, as I was Speaking to someone the other day, like all the trainers do it to a, to a lesser extent, a greater or lesser extent, don't they? Um, obviously he was doing it more consistently, and I think there was um high like yeah higher volume of of, of cases in which he was doing it. But but you do like
0: you got to assume that all the even the big guns do it, right? Wow. Well, don't want to name names, but I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. No comment there, and. Uh, even bigger news from the world of flat racing is that Oshin Murphy returns to the saddle with a ride uh, on the 16th of Feb. Mm. Guest of the podcast a couple of times since he's been out. Are you happy to see Oshin back in the in the saddle?
1: I am, yeah. I think it's um, redemption time for him. I think he has got his prove his doubters. Um It'll be really good to see him. He's a very talented jockey. Um, we know this, obviously. And, yeah, he's got an interesting pairing in the Saudi Cup with... What's that horse called? How do I not know this? Mr. Cut. Yeah. Mr. Mister Cut's going to the Saudi Cup with a sheen on board. Looks to have a good chance. That um, Lingfield-Churchill stakes performs were working out quite well, with um, Algier having won two Group 2s out in Maidan since. So... Mr. Cut could be a big one for Bowie.
0: Yeah, we can't forget that Mr. Cut did supply us with one of the great wins at (laughs) Royal Ascot back in the summer. Uh, Let's move on to the racing this weekend. We have big races from Newbury and Warwick and a big race in our eyes at Wolverhampton. (laughs) Uh, Let's dig in though. Let's go to Newbury for the 150 uh, the Betfair multiples offer every Saturday handicap counter- hurdle. Almost oh, got it. <laughs> Barbados <laughs> bucks is the current favourite seven to two for Paul Nichols' annual Invictus. Chris Gordon, the really really informed Chris Gordon, seven to one. Jatiel seven to one. <laughs> west to the bridge uh, is eights. Regarding Ruth seventeen to two. Jby nines. Flemingtons tied tens. Bridge North twelves. And Sir Robbie is sixteens. Any strong opinion in here? I, I don't I don't have one. Do you not have
1: one? No. Well I okay, we'll move on shortly, but I really quickly want to mention regarding Ruth, because this horse's been off the track since May twenty twenty one. Who's riding? Uh uh it's uh, <laughs> what's he called? Uh, Eddie Edge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I've decided is the best name in horse racing. Eddie Edge the ten pound claimer. Um don't know much about him but he's taking off 10 pounds this lucy wadham horse who hasn't run since as i say may 2021 um back in march 2021 this horse beat um i will do it the welsh national winner and a grade three winner last time out it's coming in here off like nine pounds lower than his last winning mark um though obviously it's a long long layoff not sure if 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 this one will be up for a win first time out, but hugely interesting and is being backed as well in the market.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know that, I would love for Eddie Edge to get a winner this weekend. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the 225, which is slightly more appealing. The Denman chase, where Hitman heads the market at 7-4. to four. Eldorado Allen is 11-4. to Fannion Destreval fours. Does he know for Kim Bailey, sevens, Sam Brown, Uh, is 10 to 1 Kalashnikov 22s and Zanza who I remember you really liking last year for a two mile four handicap is the outsider at 30s what are your thoughts here huge grade two at Newbury yeah probably one of the most exciting races of the whole weekend
1: yeah who wins it I mean, I'm not going for Zanza, that's for sure. Um, Though I did like that horse last year, you're right. I think I'm going to side with Eldorado Allen here, actually. Um, And, well, I I say that, I'm quite confident on Eldorado Allen. I was going to nap him up, but the one concern for me, as will be the case with a few horses this weekend, is the ground. Um, Obviously, it has been quite frosty. Uh, in the UK over the past couple of days and I think that uh, they're a bit worried there's going to be some some firm in the going description for the weekend so um, watch out for that one not going to necessarily benefit Eldorado Allen though we'll, we'll keep a watch on that um, yeah I, I do like this horse and, and the main reason I do is, is for another horse I'm very keen on in the sort of three mile chase um, division and that's Brave Man's Game Eldorado Island, uh finished second behind uh, Brave Man's Game. who's of course now third favorite for the for the Gold Cup series, um, and then Protectorat was in that race as well. Or oh, uh, no, sorry, Protectorat forms from another race. But anyway, um, those two, the form of the, against those two horses is really really strong, and I think bringing the strongest form into this into this field. Um, he may not have won this year yet, but he is really on top of his game. I'd say, uh, two of his, his three performances this year. Um, or sorry, two, two of his three highest RPRs have come this season. Um, I think the one concern I would have bar the ground, of course, is Tizard's form. And we did speak about this previously. Uh, I don't think he's had a winner in the last 14 days. I would slightly worry about that, but I think this horse is good enough. And, 11 to 4 seems overpriced for me. I wouldn't take Hitman, by the way, as well. like I think that horse is pretty inconsistent, really hard to find him on a good day. And with Eldorado, at, Eldorado Allen at 11 to 4, I think it's just too good to pass up, to
0: be honest. Well, if you like 11 to 4 shots, you're going to love 22 to 1 shots. <laughs> and I really think that if Kalashnikov is going to win another race, it is this race, this Saturday... Amy Murphy has had a few winners the last couple of weeks. Granted, not over over fences, but actually on the flat, as she is a dual-purpose trainer. Um, this was once a horse well touted for the supreme. Last year, ran third behind Clan De Zobo and Secret Investor. Was ten to three that day. Really good race. Really good run. Not too far behind the the front two, and now. Twenty two to one. Same target. Stinks of a bit of value for me. Kalashnikov, good ground. I love it. I love it. Bring yeah. it on.
1: I think there are more more runner, there's more runners in this field than there were last year. For sure. A it's completely a completely different race.
0: But I do I, I do think that Kalashnikov still has a big day.
1: I Yeah, if you're a fan of backing horses that haven't won since 2019, then I'd be all over this one. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you don't like me and you don't like horses that haven't won for four years, then maybe leave this one.
0: But no, no, sorry. Don't let me put you off. No, it's fine. (laughs) Let's move on to the three o'clock, the Betfair Exchange, Game Spirit Chase, another grade two, uh, where Greenatine heads the market at Four to nine. Seriously good form last time behind Edwardstone. Finambule Civilla, who is a friend of the podcast, 13 to two for the Venetia Williams uh, camp. Elixir Denut's eights, Millistic nines, and Mortlach doesn't seem to have much of a chance in the market at the moment at 80 to one. Greener team, a really short price favourite here. Surely just goes and does the business. I mean, that that form last time in the tingle creek is looking really really hot edwardston second in the clarence house rearranged at cheltenham shishkin maybe not even that bad a run from shishkin Mm-mm. given that gentleman de went and won the dublin chase the dublin chase out in dublin <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh how do you see it though no i mean completely
1: agree to be honest. i think Grida team brings by far the best form into this race and will definitely be hard to beat. Interesting you say about Mortlach. I actually thought at at um over further and like by further I mean an extra mile <laughs> that one would be a bit more interesting because there is some form in there with like Time Hill and a couple of other good horses and is ready to be consistent. But yeah, over 2 miles I really couldn't couldn't recommend. So for me I think Greenatine is the winner of this race. I wouldn't be getting involved at 4 to 9. Um yeah we we we've been burnt last weekend with these shorties so as in not that we tipped them but like yeah we
0: we said they wouldn't we wouldn't lose and they did i think that green Team will probably win and with that we can move on to the 3:35 at Newbury which is the Betfair Hurdle the big punting race of the weekend 18 runners currently in the field headed by Feely Bay for Emmett Mullins, 7 to 2 Roubault is eights. Hackaday Place is nines alongside Iker Allen for Willie Mullins. Mon Veal is 11s for Philip Hobbs. Twelves uh, for Master Chewy and No Ordinary Joe. Teddy Blue, 14s. Akum Risk, 16s alongside Glory and Fortune, who was last year's champion. Dear Mark, 18s. Uh, Favoir is 20s. Highway 102 is 22s alongside York City. And then we have one more for the road, 33 is alongside Tritonic, uh, Restitution, 40s Glorious Soft is the foot of the field currently at 80 to 1. Really, really interesting betting heat this, uh, a number of horses with really strong chances, some coming into the race sort of inexperienced, some uh, more experienced like Glory and Fortune It's a really, really great one for the punters to get stuck into. Uh, Where did you kind of go? What were your angles and who would your money be on here?
1: So I think it can be quite a daunting one to to even start with one of these big hurdle or or handicap races, really, whether it be a hurdle or a chase. Um, the, The thing I like to look for is previous form in big fields. Uh, I often think that's a good indicator of how uh, how a horse will will perform in one of these types of races. And um, one I landed on in that regard is one more for the road. Um, the horse trained by by Neil King, ridden by Jack Quinlan, um, and this horse is like thirty three to one at the moment, so so a bit of an outsider in the field, but has got really good experience in big fields. Um, He's won five races with ten or more runners in it, uh, which which obviously is is a pretty positive sign in it itself. Um, he's also now one pound below his last winning mark, which is actually coincidentally here over the course and distance. Um, I have actually tipped this horse previously as well, I must say, on on the podcast when he was second at Ascot in another big field handicap last year, and I was relatively impressed with him then. Um, so since his last win, he's been placed in a group three and a group two um, over hurdles, and uh, he's also won three times on good ground. So whereas for some of these, the the ground, the quick ground that's expected, may be a bit more of a concern. I wouldn't be so worried for one more for the road. Um, yeah, I think I think this one, as a bet goes, should not be that price and. I'd be I'd be relatively confident of this one hitting the frame at least. Um I know that Tom Lacey was very bullish on the chances of uh glory and fortune. He was saying, you know, he he was sort of expecting a win almost, which is which is pretty punchy and and, and I can s I can see his point. Like this horse probably shouldn't be be the same price it was last year, having won it last year. But um yeah, for me one more for the road's where I'm gonna go, but but what what do you think, Dress?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting heat and I'm also kind of ignoring the top end of the field. There's one that I think is quite interesting because the market currently has an opponent of its uh, uh, tw- two starts ago. Hacker Place uh is currently nine to one. Highway 102 is 22 to one. Highway 102, yes, coming in here uh, off, you know, a reasonably top weight, I think third top. Trainer... Chris Gordon is in unbelievable form at the moment, 42%. Uh, not only that, but this one was 24 lengths behind Constitution Hill at Christmas. So I think, you know, at 50 to 1, that, that performance was actually better than expected. And then before that, um, a, an eased down winner in front of Hackaday picked on, I think that day giving £2 pounds, only gives £1 pound here. So it's it's a really, really interesting uh, race and more of just, I don't think the discrepancy between these two should be as big as it is. Uh, I think also the the horses carrying higher weights this time, we don't need to overlook. Last year, you look at the top three, they were all rated above 138. So, you know, I think there's definitely a case for the older older horses here. And, um, you know, clearly we're kind of both siding with that angle. So, yeah, I think Highway 102 is is going to be an interesting shout for a really, really informed trainer in Chris Gordon.
1: Yeah, always like that angle, to be fair. Always like that angle of, of the, the previous form and then the price discrepancies.
0: Let's uh, move away from Newbury, hopefully having taken all of the punters. Uh, Not the punter's money. (laughs) (laughs) Taking all of the bookie's money. And we're heading up to Warwick, uh, where we have the kingmaker, the headline race there. Uh, I don't know if you've had a look at the 130, but I thought it was definitely worth a little shout for Mackenberg there, who I think upped the uh, three furlongs back to two mile four here, I think, for the mighty... um, the mighty consistent trainer Donald McCain is a mighty consistent horse in Mackenberg. And I think eight to one strikes me as a as a good piece of value against a favourite of Sam Thomas's stolen silver. Sam Thomas doesn't seem to be able to find the winners' enclosure at the moment. So um hopefully that will be not happening on Saturday either, as Mackenberg will win. Uh did you have an opinion in the in the one hundred thirty? No, happy to leave it to you. Nice. And uh, we can move on then to, well, I guess, two not particularly exciting races on paper, no. given that we have two short price favourites. But we have the uh, the mayor's, the mayor's listed hurdle here, Love Envoy, currently the four to seven favourite, and she's looked seriously good this season. Granted, on on soft ground, um, Theatre Glory ten to three, and then after that, Molly Ollie's Wishes hasn't really looked good for a while Um, indefatigable another one who's just a bit out of form 55 lengths behind Captain Morgz last time doesn't make for great reading but Love Envoy is definitely a, a kind of strong soft ground horse so do you think there could be any negatives against her
1: I think it's probably not worth taking her on if I'm honest I thought the one of interest was actually Shark Hanlon's in here who um he sends sky ace over who's who's a a novice grade one winner um back in the day i was i I had to take it uh, it was a i made a double take when i saw that horse's name on on here because i remember the horse from ages ago but haven't haven't followed it since and um seeing a turn up here is a bit of a shock to me but i thought that was interesting without really finding an angle there uh, I didn't think the form was, was overly impressive in recent times. So, yeah, La Venvoie probably wins. But as you say, that there is a concern on the ground, maybe. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I wouldn't take her on. She won't have to be doing I mean she, She'll have to basically be able to crawl on good ground <laughs> and she'll be good enough. <laughs> uh, anyway, the 240 at Warwick is the kingmaker chase where we'll see the Arkle favourite, John Bon. Come to the racetrack once more. Currently one to four favourite, only three other runners in the field. A uh, Hadex Desobo for Gary Moore, who did take the Clarence House uh, with an unbelievable ride from Nile Houlahan, uh is fives. And then Bass Rock twenties and Calico fifties. John Bond here really needs to put up a good performance after Alf Fabiolo was really, really Impressive, staking a, a claim for the uh, Manoir and Suede team. Do you think John Bon is the right Arkle favourite, and do you think John Bon wins here?
1: Well, it's funny. It was just—it was a question I was literally just about to ask you. I was—I was thinking the same thing. I thought El Fabiola was really impressive uh, over the weekend in the Irish Arkle, and yeah, we were keen on Sam Wa in that race, and of course unseated uh, there, but. I thought Alfio but won fair and square and actually really quite nicely and was quite an unexposed type as we mentioned um, going into the race. So really, state to claim there. I agree. I think John Bond's going to have to do something pretty good here because I'm not really of the opinion that <laughs> that the opposition he's going to face is going to be all that good, and the one to four suggests that. So he's going to have to do this in quite taking fashion. I don't think the price is going to move from the eleven to eight you can get now for the Arkle. So there's no real angle there either. I think this is just a watching brief. See see what John Bond does. And I think we're going to know a bit more after that whether he can he can really serve it up to the Irish because, of course, you know, that Irish Arkle, And someone made the point, actually, uh, the other day. Like, it's unbelievable to see all of the big guns in Ireland go head-to-head in one race yeah. before Cheltenham because everyone in England is so scared to take each other on. It's like, it's mildly pathetic, to be honest. John Bond could have gone to that two mile race at at Newbury and obviously he's decided not to and go here. I'm not saying that's necessarily would have been the right decision in this very instance. But I feel like the the English trainers are just too scared to take each other on or to even face a challenge before they actually get to Cheltenham, which makes for quite boring races. Like look look at this Kingmaker here, for example. Like it's four runners, and John Bond's the one to four favorite. Like this, this is an absolute joke. You don't you don't
0: get this in Ireland. Like it's classic Nicky Henderson as well. I think.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, and and people are throwing that at him a lot. But like, look at the Irish, and maybe maybe the counter argument is like every single one is a Willie Mullins horse. So like that's why this happens. But I don't know. Even still, they're different owners, right? Yeah. Like, like when you've got Banbridge or Fabiolo. Um, samua appreciate it all going for the same race
0: that's pretty good yeah it, it cool. is it is uh i i really do hope we see Samwa in the Arkle. 20 to 1 could be a nice price uh but you know you never really know after unseated rider only only a month or so out maybe not we'll see hopefully the horse will be full of beans come cheltenham <laughs> yeah um but but we'll have to wait and see that leaves the jumps racing for the weekend but we still got one more to cover at Wilverhampton seven o'clock uh, which is over five furlongs a lovely class two for us to tackle here and alligator alley who bids for a four-timer is the favorite at nine to four dubai station fives alongside tone the Baron, lord ridderford at sixes bedford flyer 15 to 2 alongside emble uh Fernando Ra is nines and Mondamedge is tens you have a pretty strong one in here don't you
1: well I, I do like one and I I think one has been overlooked in this one for a couple of reasons um that's tone the barone and I think the two reasons are one he's not won yet this winter uh, and then the second being that he's been beaten by alligator alley already um this winter um uh, on the first point, no, he hasn't won yet this winter. But I think he's he's run well in, in defeat. Um, I mean, on the on the bare form, his form figures read five, six, and three. But that fifth was a one and three quarter length fifth. Um, that uh, sixth, he tried to uh, contest the lead, running off top weight four pounds clear of the rest of the field, uh, and just just burnt out. But it was only four lengths behind Alligator Alley. And then, and then the the latest run, um, the third was was in a six furlong race, and I think that's too far for him. So, <clears throat> I think there are, there are definitely excuses there. And then moving on to the second point about Alligator Alley having having already beaten this horse. Well, yes, that is true, but th- there's now a fourteen pound swing in 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 the weights. Um, and as I mentioned, Tone the only only lost four four lengths to Alligator Alley that day. Fourteen pounds is a massive, massive swing, um, and I, I think it will probably prove uh, to be the making of uh, of this horse for this run. I reckon. Um, the Tone the Brone is a specialist, or uh, somewhat of a specialist, at, at Wolverhampton over the five furlongs. Um, obviously, went sixth last time, but the three times before that has been, had two wins and a second um, at this course uh and one of those which was actually his most recent win um was a defeat of highfield princess the three times group one winner yeah pretty good horse is an understatement i mean she she's a monster um and yes uh, admittedly obviously highfield princess progressed a lot from then but like it's still a good form um that uh was her last win it was uh, her last winning mark was 105 and she's now off 99. Um, uh, he is now off 99, right? Don't worry, i started saying she. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of ticks in this one's box. Um, I'm quite keen here. And I think at five to
0: one, you want to be backing this one. Sounds like a pretty bullish sentiment to finish off the podcast. It's been another pleasure to record. Let's hope for a fair game for the England team on Saturday or Sunday mm-hmm. against Italy uh the Italians will be travelling in style as yeah. always. And yeah, more. And uh yeah, hopefully have some good results in the racing too. Sounds like Tone the Barone could be your strongest one. Mm.
1: I think so. I mean if you are at a loose end on at seven PM on a Saturday, just watch watch the Wolverhampton race. I know I won't be on a, a loose end. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I actually quite like Mackenberg in that 130 I think 8 to $1 is a great price.
1: The Manchester United women's team played Tottenham Hotspur at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this weekend on Sunday. I'm going to be there. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, I'm really excited. Not only are we going to watch some high quality women's football action, but uh, also watching an unbelievable stadium, which I'd never been to. I uh, heard only good things about the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So if you are about in london on sunday i definitely recommend going to the game i think tickets are only seven pounds um so really really um affordable price point for those um accessible price point point.
0: and yeah get yourselves along love it love it i'll be there uh it's going to be a great weekend all round we thank you so much for listening please if you haven't already buy your ticket to our Midas Touches Live Cheltenham Preview at Room 43 uh, Clapham, London It's a goodbye from me, Tris, And it's a goodbye from me Charlie, goodbye